thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up For A Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, Up For A Chat, about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And welcome to today's podcast. We're talking about all things that um, relate to reinventing oneself. Yeah. So there are lots of things that happen in today's society and lots of things that we see on the news and lots of things that people go through and there's lots of tragedies and traumas and there's lots of great triumphs and wins and amazing things that happen in people's lives. How do we take what we've been through and what we've experienced and use it as a catalyst to reinvent ourselves? So we thought we'd throw that up in the air and get up for a chat about it. (laughs) Well, it was also spurred on by a conversation on Facebook. Um, A lady, one of our beautiful followers said, you guys talk a lot about relationships and how to be in relationship and all that. But what about me? I'm 53. I'm single. Could you tell me how do I find out who I am and what I'm about at 53 years of age? And we all went, oh, I kept going, oh, well, that's where, oh, no, I turned 54 the other day. So that means, yes. The first thing you said. I would got so excited. I wouldn't have anyone telling me what to do. Or where to go, or that I haven't put something where it should be, or oh. but I think you know we always think that the fence—it's it, always greener on the other side of the fence. Or we do, don't we? We do, and I, I look at single women who have just got their lives figured out, and then I look at married women um, or men—you know, either way—who've got their lives figured out. And I, I think you know, if you've been in a relationship, then and then you find yourself out of a relationship, you know, the family's grown up, the husband's left, or the wife's left then it is about reinventing yourself and doing things um, that are, are very, very different in, in the way you do things. And you know what? It's about having a relationship with yourself. Mm. And when you like who you are and you respect who you are, then I think it's easier to be with yourself mm. as opposed to always having to be with people. Mm. So I think, number one, if you are in a situation where you have to reinvent yourself, the first thing is to probably reinvent your relationship with yourself. Would you? Oh, agree yeah. With that? I think you've just to hit the nail on the head. I think we can end the podcast here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I think, you know, to fall in love with yourself. If everybody could get to that before they fall in love with anybody else, mm. then they're always whole and complete rather than looking to a relationship to complete them, which then when that relationship comes to an end or if it comes to an end, they're left incomplete. And then to try and reinvent yourself later in life is really hard going because we're well habituated in the way that we operate. We're well habituated in the way that we think the things that we do in our opinions and we're kind of set in our ways the more old not more old the older <laughs> the older we get so i think i think absolutely it's it's absolutely key start to start to look inside and start to ask yourself um who am i really you know i had a conversation with somebody uh, just yesterday actually and she was having a very similar conversation with me she's 47 and she said, look, you know, she's on a, on, a, on a weight loss journey. And she said to me, I don't know what to do with myself. She said, because every time I look in the mirror, I hate what I see. I hate myself. I hate my body. I hate everything about me. And she uses her kids as a distraction 
so that she doesn't have to be with herself and so that she doesn't have to be with what she is. And it's a really, I think it's a big problem in today's society because we've grown up from the time that we were so young competing with other people for how we look. You know, seeing the magazine pictures and looking at the perfect marriages and looking at all of that. But when we look behind our own closed doors, it doesn't always look like that. So I think it's really challenging. I think it's really, really challenging for people today and especially for women. I really do think that because we are so much more sensitive to our environment and what goes on around us. We pay so much more attention to it. You know, even from the caveman days, you know, the man had the single focus to go out and hunt the animal, whereas the woman, she had to have this broad focus so she could keep her family safe, you know. So I think the same is still true. We have this very broad focus and we take in so much that all drives us towards this internal separation, which then creates an external separation. So I think it's... It's a big topic. It's a it's a beautiful question mm. to be able to reinvent yourself and what that really means mm. is devoid of distraction and it's devoid of using other things to fill your life. It's all about coming back to you filling your life and you being there for you. Um, I think as too, the number one priority. That thing you were saying just before. It's that real sense of who we are. In that moment, how do we get there though? And that's that's mm. the question most people mm. have on their lips, because for many of us, we are determined by being a mother, mm. or a wife, or a partner, or a grandmother, or a sister. We actually perhaps don't spend as much time focusing on who we are as an individual. And I think it's you know you were saying perhaps more for women than men, but there's a couple of men in my life at the moment who are really struggling with this. Um, one of them has just come out of a relationship and he's distraught, mm. devastated, a complete mess. He just took himself away for a couple of months overseas to try and find himself again. And and he's come back and I, I messaged him and I said, how are you going? And he said, oh, look, to be honest with you, coming home, I thought it would be good, but it's the reminders now of what's not there. And, and, and I went back to him and I thought, and, and forgive me, you men listening to this, but there's a part of me, I've been so empathetic with him for so long that I turned around and I went, you know what, at some point you have to man up and you actually have to, you've got a choice here. You can become the victim in this and be determined by what's happened and, you know, don't think you're the only person who's ever had a woman leave him or mm. don't think you're the only one that hurts, but, or you can become a victor in this and realize that part of that relationship has actually become who you are now. And if you take the good from that, perhaps there's an opportunity now for you to actually find an even more perfect soulmate, if that's what you want. Or better mm. still, find you. Mm. So he came back. It was so sweet. He came back and he said, oh, I've written a, um, I've written this. I, I like what you said. He, he said, I will be the victor. I will change. And I went back saying, can I give a little bit of advice? Can we change it to I am? Because I will never happens. Mm. And he came back going, gotcha. And I said, second, and then the second thing I went straight back and I went, and please, man up. <laughs> like, I just think for you men out there that are struggling, yes. the toughest thing for you guys is that well, it's hard because we want you to be sensitive and we want you to be these amazing creatures that understand us and our emotional needs. But we also need you to still be the hunter gatherer and we still need you to be the, the go getter and the provider and the rock and the, and I know it's a lot of emphasis to put on you, but. You know, I do believe that you have to man up just like a woman has to. I think one of our key roles is nurturing. And therefore, maybe in those situations, it's not man up, it's nurture up. 
nurture you, nurture the the essence of who you are, nurture, if you were talking to your best friend or your daughter or your mum and you saw her behaving and feeling what you're feeling, what would you say to her? How would you be talking to her? You know, I think you've made a beautiful point there and it's, I think, in the context of what man up actually means because when you think of it in the context of what men and women are and who we are as people, we're quite different but what does man up actually mean? And in today's society, man up means shut up, put up, don't say anything, grow some more hair, get tough, you know, pull yourself through it, mate. You know, it's a <laughs> Don't little... be like a girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you big sissy. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, <clears throat> I think real men, if they were to really look inside as to what being a man is, a man is strong, a man is vibrant, a man is alive, a man is hairy, a man is... <laughs> I just got that then. I'm just drawing the picture in my mind. He's capable. He's, yeah. He he gets you, he helps you through things. He's your rock. Yeah. Well, if he could be that for himself, mm-hmm. help himself through it, be his own rock. You know, it, and being a man doesn't mean Devoid shut up and put up. It, yeah. it means actually being all of those things for yourself, whereas for a woman it means being soft and gentle and nurturing and kind and loving and understanding and compassionate. Whereas for men it means other things, but I think we've, I think that's a really good point, Kimmy, to be able to distinguish between the two and really what they mean. Because I think as soon as we put a label on things, like I'm a mother, I'm a daughter, I'm a husband, I'm a wife, we lose the magic in what that actually is. Well, you know, like the label of being a man, well, actually that masculine energy is the most crucial energy. It's 50% of the balance from a universal perspective. It's, 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 it's powerful. Like it has such velocity and such grunt behind it. And the power of the woman is the softness. And I think if we can if we can really tap into what we really are, devoid of the labels actually, probably more the point, as you say, then we'll know how to nurture ourselves and how to fall in love with ourselves and create a new relationship with ourselves. What do you think, Miss Nick? Oh, as I've been listening to you, I'm, I was thinking, you know, when we reinvent ourselves – it's not only because of a, a loss of a relationship to the opposite sex, but it's also the loss of a relationship as a sibling or mm-hmm. a, a, from a mother or a father that's passed or that you're not speaking to or a friend. Mm-hmm. These are all we have to reinvent ourselves in order to, you know, to, to like, cause when you have your mother around you, your sister around you, your father around you, your husband around you, your children around you, you know, life's going along and then all of a sudden one leaves and you have to reinvent yourself that you're no longer a daughter to a mother or you have to reinvent yourself that you're no longer a sister anymore because your sister's gone or you're no longer a sibling because your brother's left. I, I, um, and whether that be through death or through we're just not talking anymore, these are the ways we need to um, learn to reinvent ourselves. And and while I, I understand what you guys are, are talking about, I feel that once we have found who we are as human beings, then we do have to go out and find new parameters of our, of our lives and, and what we're doing. And I, I think about it a little bit. I think about, well, how did I, you know, how did you deal with the loss, you know, of Greg? And how did I deal with the loss of my mum and my sister? And how... Kimmy lost her sister-in-law, and I think we start to redefine ourselves all the time mm. when these situations happen to us. 
And when you're talking about um, that gentleman that you've been, you know, that he his wife has left him, I guess that's what it is. It's not a death. No. It's, it's not, not a death. death. But it could be a death, couldn't it? Mm. It could definitely be a death. And it, 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 we've got to look at it that way. It's it's that this is a new part. I cannot go back. And it's about being in the present and staying in the present the mm. whole time. Because when you look back, you, you're delusional because mm. you can't. You mm. can have the memories like, it was so funny, I'm driving here today and I had memories of my sister mm. and the things that made me laugh about her. And then, and then I remembered her death and it was there was no tears or anything like that. It was just something that I remembered. Mm. And I don't know why. I just It just came into my memory. But then you pull yourself back to where you are now, living in, in, the, in the now. But I think when you reinvent yourself, you reinvent your physical body first. I think it's a good place to start. And look after who you are and nurture who you are as a, as a, a human being as opposed to um, not nurturing who you are as a human being. So to reinvent for me would be to really look at my physical body first and to, and then it will just transcend to the brain and, mm. and we'll start to think, um, more differently. Yeah. What's, what could be fascinating though? And, and when you look at it even from another perspective, because for some people reinventing themselves from the, the body first would be a great focus, but for other people, it's actually to go and meditate or mm, to yeah. actually go and surf for two months or to, take on a new program or a new course or do something quite different. But I think the interesting thing about this, you were saying you shouldn't, we shouldn't look back, we shouldn't do that. But another thing just came to my mind there where um, thinking of Dr. Um, Sarah Farron, mm. who would say there's no should or shouldn't, it just is. Yeah. So if you do find yourself looking back, just acknowledge it mm. and be, it's like I think what the point you were trying to make or what I was taking from that was just don't dwell on it or wish it was. It's when we're That's wishing it. for something yeah. that we start finding ourselves in trouble, but often it's that actual an appreciation of that moment and maybe as grief or as time goes on, you won't find tears, but you find a way of maybe living in their memory or doing something because of them or in spite of them. You know, there's many times in life when people... One thing I've learned is most people get hurt. Most people have a life where there's hell at times. Most people have challenges. Most mm. people have struggles. I'm yet to meet someone who's got the most pure, idyllic life that nothing has ever gone really wrong. So part of being a human being... But is it wrong? Well, that's the other question. That, you know, and, it, and it's like that parable is that, you know, the, the parable of the man with the horse. Have you you've heard this parable? So there's... The man with the horse who has a beautiful horse, the king wants to buy it, but he won't sell it to the king. And then the horse runs around away a week later. And the villagers say, oh, that's such bad news. You should have sold it to the king. You know, you should have given your horse to the king. Should have, should have, should have. And the man just says, you know, it's not good news. It's not bad news. It's not good luck. It's not bad luck. It just is. Mm. And then the horse runs away. And then two weeks later, the horse comes back with 20 horses. <gasps> oh, it's such good luck. You know, you've got 20 more horses. And the, and the guy says, it's not good luck. It's not bad luck. It just is. Mm. And then um, the son gets on one of the horses and breaks a leg. And they go, oh, this is terrible. You know, this is bad luck. And he goes, it's not good luck. It's not bad luck. It just is. And then the next part of the parable is there's a war that breaks out and all the young men have to go to war except the son of this man. Oh, wow. And so they all, the villagers say, oh, it's good luck that this has happened. And he goes, it's not good luck. It's not bad luck. It just is. And I think we look at lives as though, oh, that's bad luck you lost your husband or that's bad luck you lost your wife or that's bad luck. It's not bad luck. It's not good luck. 
this is life. And, we, you know, we talked about this recently mm-hmm. that we, we have to stop looking at things as good and bad, just as this is what it is. This is for us to learn a lesson to go to the next realm of our lives. And we can take that opportunity and go to the next realm of our lives or we can just stay stuck. And I, I saw this beautiful quote recently and it was, every morning you have two choices. You can continue to sleep with your dreams or wake up and chase them. <laughs> I love That's it. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm. And I just think so many people dwell, is it, you know, dwell on the good and the bad or, or anything. And it's about let's, let's look at this is a new opportunity for us. This is something that, that can, can change. And I know horrible things happen. Mm. But what you see is out of adversity, like I think of you, Karen, you know, the things you've been through, but out of adversity, look where you are, you know. I just, I just think it's, and it's about reinventing who you are as a human being and, and yeah, looking at the past but not necessarily dwelling, dwelling on the past. Yeah, yeah. I think there's something that of late that I've been looking into and it's been really quite fascinating to be able to question all of our beliefs and to be able to question all of the things that we label and you just hit the nail on the head there again in that what's good and what's bad, who says? Yeah. You know, I was just doing some um, stuff on uh, uh, foods and sugars and things and I was saying, you know, when we were kids or in some families, not necessarily in every family, but in some families when, you know, people go to McDonald's, they say, oh, we're going to go to McDonald's on Friday night because it's a treat night. Or we go to Kentucky Fried Chicken because it's treat night. Or we, you know, have chocolate because it's a treat. Or you can have a special treat of a red raspberry if you want. (laughs) And so we start to associate treats with what we get told is a treat. Mm. Not because it is a treat, but because that's what we're told is a treat. So the word, so so the concept of a treat, and I'm just using this as an example, what's a treat to me is not a treat to Matt, Mm. which then makes treats up for grabs because... (laughs) You know, it's based on what we believe is real and based on the label that things have been given and whether it's labelled as good or labelled as bad. So now I'll look at Matt and he'll have a box of treats in the cupboard, which is, you know, chocolates and cherry ripes and Snickers and peanut butters and, you know, all those sorts of things. (laughs) He's getting there. He's getting there. (laughs) We know it's been a long road. It's been a long road. Can I just say how amazing you are for hanging in there? Did you know it's really quite cute because we went shopping the other day and he bought he took out this packaged meal and he handed it to me. He said, Can I have that, hunt? And I went, Not on your life over my dead body. And he goes, Damn, all right, can I have this one? I go, and I looked at it and I went, Nope. The next one? Nope. And I said, Jeffrey. I call my I call Matt Jeffrey. <laughs> if you're confused, she doesn't have two men. No, I don't. It's the same man it's with a different name. Sorry, I didn't let just slipped out then. Um, yeah, I said, Tim, let's just go over to the fresh fruit and veg section and let's just go get some fresh fruit and veg. And he's like, yeah, righto then. So we actually agreed. We didn't oh. get any other packaged meals <laughs> getting there. Do you know, you're right about the treats. Mm. But it's, so, it's everything. It's yeah. what, so, so what is good? And what is bad? Yeah, exactly. It's all based on a belief that somebody gave us. And I said this at one of my seminars the other day, and I said, you know, you think about your name. That's not even your name. We're going down the rabbit hole. Get ready. Hold on tight. <laughs> It's not. You think about it. Your mum decided to give you that name and she kept saying Cindy, 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 Cindy. And when you looked up at her and she and, and she said Cindy and you looked up at her and she went, yay! <laughs> you made the connection of 
When she says Cindy and I look at her, she's happy. And then she said, Cindy, again, you looked at her and she gave you something or she took you somewhere or she did something with you. So she started using Cindy as your name. Except Cynthia. And you knew you were in trouble. I did. Mm. <laughs> I actually, you know, I've been away um, for the for the weekend, and I actually um, was saying to Russ, our good mate Russ, I said to him, I think you know, Cindy's a young name. I think I need to change my name to Ooh. Cynthia. Go Ooh. back to my original name that's never been said. So <laughs> the if, name that shall not be spoken. And that's right. <laughs> and you know what Russ said to me? He goes, 60, Cindy. When you turn sixty, we'll go to Cynthia, but not yet." Oh, bless. <laughs> So yes, going on about the names. And yeah, right. but, isn't, right. but every belief that we have, every single belief, there's not one. Even the fact that a marriage breaks up or I get blown up in Bali or somebody dies, every single mm. belief is up for question mm. because every single belief has been handed down to us and it's from those beliefs that we then relate to life. So we relate to life and the fact that a marriage should last forever. Well, you know what? It bloody doesn't. Not all the time. So... Mm. What makes or it? Or no, fifty percent of the times they don't. Well, this is right. Yeah. So what makes it good or bad? It, and who says forever is forever in our context? That's exactly from right. From a soul perspective, if you want to look at it that way, could forever be could minutes. be twenty minutes or two days for 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 certain people to have certain times and whatever that's meant to be in that space. That could have been forever. Mm-hmm. You know, as a marriage celebrant, just on that note. I've started really questioning the words that I say in services, and it's thanks to the couples that I've married, or now since Cindy's married as well, <laughs> that um, that I've even questioned, you know, till death do, till us, death part. do us part, or mm. we'll love you forever. Yeah. I actually ask each couple now, is that something you really want to say? And of course, in that moment, they go, yeah, 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 yeah. And I go, really? Or would you rather say, until that love um, has loved it until, until the love endures. The lo- yeah, as love long endures. as love endures. Um, would you rather say that or would you rather say and love you forever? And it's interesting, most of them still choose love you forever. Oh, yeah. But a couple of them have chosen as long as love endures. Mm. And I think then there's no wrong or right. Mm. It just is. It just is. Everything just is. Mm. I think you're right there. We- both like both of you, I'm kicking, going, yeah, yeah. I'm like sitting here nodding away, <laughs> in that everything is up for question. Mm. So, how do people reinvent themselves if everything's up for question? Then stay in the moments. There you go. Stay in the moment. Come back to what you said originally. You just stay in the moment because mm. what is is right now, mm. and what is is will be in the next moment. There's a beautiful. Um, movie that I watched called The Peaceful Warrior by Dan Milner. Oh, I love that. Oh, there's a line right at the very end, and I won't give it away. No, I give it away. But there's a line right at the very end, and he says, where are you, Dan? And Dan says, here. He says, what time is it? Dan says, now. And he says, what's real? And Dan says this. <laughs> and I went, if you could put that on my tombstone, yeah. that, that sums the whole yeah. thing up. Where are you? I'm here. What time is it? It's now. And what's real? Only this. Mm. Because everything else is not real. And even the the thought of you this morning coming here thinking about your sister, well, in that moment, that's what you were thinking mm. of. So that's what was real in that moment. You may be reflecting on a previous moment, but in this moment, that's what was present. Yeah, true. You know, incredibly powerful and incredibly potent to be able to just be with what's there in the moment, which then allows us to be with anything Mm. but as you said right in the very beginning Cindy first we've got to be with ourselves Mm. 
Yeah, we've, we've got to start liking ourselves. And mm. and I guess that that's what the whole reinvention is about, is how do I start liking myself if you don't like yourself? Because if you like yourself, then you're with good company for the rest of your life. <laughs> Tokes. <laughs> you don't to find and, and, and I think I'm so funny. <laughs> You'd be with a comedian the whole time. Oh, it's so hilarious. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think if you get your physical like, – this is where I would go. I don't know if this is where you guys would go. But in reinventing myself, I would find a, a beautiful home base, which is what I love to talk about is home base. So I want, like, let's say that you're out of the family home and you are having to reinvent yourself. Find a space that feels good for you. And most of us can find that. We live, well, in Australia especially, we live in a country where we are able to find these spaces. So find a space that feels good for you. And I've been watching a friend of mine who's been slowly separating from her husband and now they're, they're separated. But she's been reinventing herself while she's been in the marriage uh-huh. because she knew that it, it wasn't going to last. And so the way she was reinventing herself is that she started to, um, you know, start, she did yoga. She started with yoga, eating. She's always eaten well. So that was easy. She started to do real spiritual things like um, she'd go on spiritual journeys. So she might go on a two-week sabbatical somewhere and just um, learn about who she is as a human being. So her whole life was learning more and more about her. She spent um, time educating herself about who she was as a human being and what her purpose in life was. And I've watched her strengthen and strengthen and strengthen to the point where she is an individual who is, I believe, very strong and is happy to be alone, mm. to be by herself. Even though she was defined as a wife to four children, a um, you know, she had a, a wonderful practice, she had everything, everything, but she realised she needed to reinvent herself. And I watched it and it was, it was amazing. I've watched it over quite a few years and it was amazing. But for people who are just put into this position, they can't expect to be reinvented overnight. I think Mm. they've got to look at time. It's Mm. going to take time to reinvent. And it's about, well, what makes my heart sing? How do I need to educate myself in order to get to where I want to be? And education, to me, is a huge part of this. Because you cannot Mm. expect to grow if you don't have the education. But if you've got education, you can grow. And, and there's so much free stuff out there. You can listen to us for 100 hours. <laughs> True that. Seriously, <laughs> there's a lot of education in what we say. Yeah. So you can start there. And then there are other avenues, you know, like, Kim, you're doing an education program. Karen's doing an education program. I'm doing an education program to reinvent themselves. You know, first you must change yourself to be to in order to help change others if that's mm-hmm. where you want to go. You know, you're talking about time that it takes time some people it doesn't take yeah, time true. you know you you didn't you share a story once on one of the podcasts about that man whose son tragically died mm. and he turned up at a party the next day and said look I'm going to feel this way uh, for a long time but I've chosen right here right now that I'm going to get over it one, one day, day one day I have to get over this one day I choose today no I know that doesn't Something work like for that. everybody but that really inspired me to think totally. that there was another way of being the other thing because we're never going to get out of this life without prob- uh, issues exactly. tragedies that's, that's the, and, we're, and, and we're never going to get out alive no we're never going to get out alive <laughs> that's a definite Just, that's the irony so, so why, but what why about not the other do it well side? you're talking about living in the moment i, I know a lady <laughs> she's got a daughter they're, they're a couple they've got a daughter and the daughter is just finishing year 12 
for the whole past two years I've known this woman, she is has been what I'd call not a very happy woman. She's quite a um, she's got quite a somber aura about her. And every time I talk to her, I go, oh, my gosh, isn't your daughter doing great or isn't this happening? And she's like, yeah, but it's not going to be great when she leaves. Oh, so she's living in gosh. the anticipation of this daughter leaving home. Oh, it's exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> and she's really devastated about her daughter going. And I was laughing that when mine leave, they get a Thermomix, you know, like, hey. <laughs> 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 I'm not saying that I want them to go, but I'm also oh. aware that the greatest gift a parent can give their child is, is the strength of independence. <laughs> and, and a Thermomix. <laughs> but isn't that interesting? So, again, it comes back to perspective. Mm. You know, we know things are going to happen. We know deaths are inevitable. We know sadness is inevitable. We know world tragedy is inevitable. We know that um, there's going to be probably, even for the wealthiest people out there, there's financial struggle. We know for the poorest people out there, there's huge desire and hope and, and trying to overcome these things. So maybe finding a place of acceptance. I don't mean you have to accept it, that you just live on it and there, oh, well, woe is me. I mean coming to a place of acceptance of it is what it is and how do I then reinvent myself. And I think you nailed another point there, Cindy, was when you don't know what to do, you know, people say follow your passion. Well, for a lot of people, particularly women in their 50s, men in their 50s, some of us don't even know what our passion is or we don't know what that even looks like because we've so been used to doing it for everybody else. And I'll never forget His Holiness saying this to me on the side of the Himalayas. I asked that question, how do I teach people to find their passion? He said, my darling, that's not your job. Your job is to live your own truth. But he, he suggested the word was purpose rather than passion. And he said, through purpose, you find your passion. And he said, and if you still have no purpose and no passion, then the greatest advice I can give you human beings is to serve. And I know we've talked about this before. It's to serve others and to go in a place of service. In other words, it takes the emphasis off the ego, off the self, and perhaps onto other people. And it allows you then to find yourself through the reflection of others. And my suggestion would be whenever I've gone through hardship or whatever, I don't want people sitting there feeling sorry for me. I don't want a whole lot of sorry saps crying with me. I want beacons of light to, to say, you, you will get through this. I'm here for you. And feed me buckets of soup and beautiful broths. Um, bro not broth. <laughs> <laughs> or broths. All right. But um, so long as they're not meat, and if they are meat, make sure you don't put any meat in it and tell me. Um, but, you know, like serve me in a way that allows me to educate myself to find the spirit in me to once again reinvent who I am. Because we know every day is actually... I mean, every moment is an opportunity for reinvention. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things just listening to you that's just come to me there is to give up resistance mm -hmm. because we resist what is. We resist the reality of the situation and we say we wish it didn't happen or I'm, you know, so devastated or I'm so hurt, you know, this shouldn't have happened or couldn't have happened and all of that sort of stuff. So we're in a place of resistance. And I also think it, it also applies when it comes to finding our purpose and our passion and why things happen and what we're here for is because we resist taking that opportunity. We resist going and starting our own business and we resist going and expanding or we resist doing things that would light us up because we think that it won't work. 
you know, with, with self-doubt and all of that sort of stuff. So if we were to give up resistance, there would be freedom. And if in any situation, if we were to give up the resistance, I think, if you imagine, like if, I, if I'm to imagine coming out of Bali, if I was to give up the resistance around Bali, thinking that it shouldn't have happened or that it, you know, I wish it hadn't happened or why me, giving up the resistance of that just then allows me to be with it. And in being with it, then I can find a new meaning for it or a new way of relating to it. Mm. I met um, this amazing lady on the plane yesterday. I was coming back um, from being overseas and I, and I met this lady on the plane and she was sitting um, just beside me and she said, uh, is your fun destination Brisbane? And I said, yes, it is. And I, I said, what about you? She said, yeah. Um, and I said to her, where did you get on? And she said, Guatemala. Oh. <laughs> she got into Guatemala. I went, as you do. Guatemala. I went, Where's that? I know I'm just terrible with South American geography, so I had no idea. Lucky you said that. Yeah. I so, would have gone, where in Europe is that? <laughs> isn't, it in South, isn't it in South Africa? <laughs> no, it's South America. <laughs> anyway, we just had a quick chat and then uh, we got into our own thing. I had to finish my newsletter and I want to watch a movie, uh, you know, things like that. So at the end I then started talking to her and here's a woman who's reinvented herself. So her children have grown up. She goes to Guatemala every year for three months and teaches children at the orphanage that people have given up on. She has a charity. And I said, how much do you need every year? She said, 12,000. That's all. This is, and she has a very private charity. And she says, and then I come home and my husband's a FIFO, a fly in, fly out. And he's very supportive of what I'm doing. And, this is this is just my calling, and she says it makes my heart sing. And now she oh, would have been in her. It. Do you know? Can we give it a plug? Look, you know what? I will give it. We'll give it a plug. We'll put it in the notes. We'll, we'll put it in the notes. But I've left it at home. Who she was? Because I asked for all the information because I'd really like to learn more about it. And one of the things this is, you know, this is it's not good. It's not bad. It just is. This woman says to me, "I I want them to have nutrition, so I find vitamins <laughs> and minerals for them." Of all people to sit next to. <laughs> I mean, really, do things happen for a reason or what? I know. I was just so fascinated by her, and we only spoke in the last 10 minutes. But I thought, here's a woman whose children have left home and has found a purpose in her life and reinventing herself. And she says, Guatemala is so poor. It's, she says, I come back here and I can't stand it. She says, I look at the excess and I look at our lives and the people. These people are happy, she says. Mm. Everybody back here is depressed, and yet they have everything. And she says, this is my hardest thing is coming back to this life of excess. And I I just sometimes think that, you know, there is just so much happening out there in the world, and we're in this little bubble in Western society. And sometimes I think it's time for us to realise, and I I understand it's all relative, but sometimes I think it's it's about time we maybe do something like this woman and go and spend three months somewhere. I know, I know another chiropractor, uh, a local chiropractor here. She's somewhere in Africa at the moment. I keep seeing her social um, pages, Bronwyn McNamara. Mm. She's over there somewhere serving, mm. which is what you said, Kim. Mm. If you cannot find your purpose, go and serve. Mm. And you know what else this woman did? Like she just gives me goosebumps. Um She's a palliative care helper. She does it for free. It's volunteer. So she goes and helps people who are dying to die. She says it's one of the greatest things she's ever had. The I just looked at her and I went, wow. you are one 
amazing lady. What amazing lady. And don't we need people like that? You know, there's, and, and that might not be for everybody. And some people may not struggle, you know, would, would struggle with that. But the fact that there's people out there like that that want to do it or this might light people up, I think that's the gift in itself too. We don't have to do what everyone else is doing. No, these are just ideas. Certain, Absolutely. There's things that can make your heart sing and there's certain things that can actually provide opportunities for others. And I think part of being a human, part of being maybe these spiritual beings that we are, is actually the opportunity in sharing that kinship, that humanicity. <laughs> <laughs> with each other and how we are. We are soul. I know we're individuals, but really what makes living on this planet such a joyful experience is, is the, the joy and the connectedness. It was one thing I remember, and I hope I'm not going too far off topic, but I remember when I was in Bali and it was after the explosion and I remember it was almost like if, if, when I talk about it now, it's almost like everybody's egos got blown up and what was left was the raw realnessity mm. of humanity. And in that raw realnessity of humanity, there was this, this, it, it was a oneness it, and it was unquestionable. And it was the only thing that was, that was absolutely solid, rock solid. Everybody knew it. It, it. it wasn't even up for discussion. It was just every single person walking around knew they were one with the next person next to them. There was no question about it at all. And there was this, there was this, Oh, and solid is the only word I can come up with. It's almost like language defeats itself. It, there was this real connection between humans um, that was not like what we experience on a day-to-day basis that made it so easy for one person to serve the next person, so easy for the nurse to sit there and pluck glass out of my head for five hours, <laughs> so easy for one woman to catch a taxi using her own money going from all the different hospitals to all the different hotel rooms, collecting everybody's baggage for them and bringing it back to each particular individual. She did that for a whole week. Holy totally. She used her own money. She went to each room and said, what hotel are you staying in? I'm going to go to your hotel room. I'm going to go and get your bags and your passport. Where is it all? And I'll get it and bring it back to you. And she did that for everybody in the hospital. See, that's that's service. That is is absolute service. And that is service for me. I think that's service at the greatest level because that's not serving anybody's ego. No. That's serving humanity. That's serving the realness of what we are. And I, I really think it all ties back in to that whole reinvention of the self in that when you serve the real you know, the, the, the real essence of humanity, everybody can do that. Mm. You don't need a passion to do that. Everybody can do that because you can access that like instantly. Mm. You can access that real essence of humanity in a second. You know, the, you don't also have to be blown up to get that. Oh, my God. Know? And what Absolutely I was saying, when, when you well, were talking. Well, can be blown up. Yeah, yeah I'll just take, <laughs> it, I'll take one of these. Take one for the tree. Take it for the tree. <laughs> but we, as you were talking, and I know this is probably going to sound really bizarre in comparison to that. But running a marathon, running an ultra marathon, doing a an event, a physical event, a triathlon, um, walking the Kokoda Challenge, when you are out on the pavement or on the track or in amongst a whole lot of other people doing the same thing, there's a look you each get in the oh, eye, totally. which is, well done, yeah, yeah. we're out here. There's a, there's a connectedness. Yep that only you can experience and that's like a unity there is and that's why i think what you're saying sometimes connecting back into the body and actually if you if you are stuck floundering grief-stricken you know just you can't comprehend then one of the greatest things you can do is actually just serve the body Mm. 
And that is taking it for a walk or allowing it to cry or allowing it to just be. And that's why sometimes I think people, as they get older, they end up doing ultra marathons or running their first marathon before 50 or before 60. I mean, I've met 80 and 90-year-olds that still do marathons. And I'm not suggesting we all have to go out there and do that. But I can promise you, sometimes even doing that and challenging yourself to a 10K walk or run or a 5K, some people go and climb the side of, of Mount Everest. Some people go and walk through the jungles or go and something physical. There is something in the physicality of presence of being a human that actually connects you to source and spirit. But it's actually getting to the harshness of it. It's almost like we have to get to the struggle. If you can go out and walk a 2K walk, no one's going to feel that feeling we're talking about unless you are someone who's just got out of a wheelchair. Two mm. kilometres is like a marathon. So I think that real, it, there's no judgment in the length or what it is that you do, but it's actually pushing beyond your comfort zone. Some people are jumping out of a plane or walking up the side of a high building or whatever it is, there is that, it's it's that tipping point. It's on the edge of the plane when you're about to jump. It's that uncomfortable necessity. <laughs> That when you're not the best comfortable, thing I ever invented. Oh, it. actually, my dad invented it. My dad invented the mystery on the end of words. I just can't get I love like it. a plural time. But don't you think it's true yeah. that that real pushing of oneself physically can sometimes push you into the spiritual moment that you didn't even know existed? And I think there's a combination in that because for me, um, the pushing, the pushing of myself mentally, uh, not mentally. And I don't mean mentally as in terms of intellectually, but I mean pushing myself beyond the emotional maybe more than the mental yeah. and the physical. Yeah. For me, it's it's very much about the um, getting myself a tr- transcending, transcending, mm. which means for me going beyond. So it's for me it's about transcending from a, a mental and an emotional and a, a – a, a, God, I'm lost for words. That is unbelievable that she is lost lost for words. words. Do you think that's because of your experience? Like, like to be honest with you, you're the probably the one person I know that's come so close to death, so so close that it's almost like you are beyond normal. (laughs) (laughs) Did that come out? Did she just say that? She just said that. But beyond, like, it, why is it we have to be thrown into the depths of something to create who we are? Why did you not die in that well, bomb? Why know. did you survive it? And why do you think the way you think? Well, Which is really no, down I've the al- rabbit hole. But I've always been like this. Have you? Yeah, I've oh. always been like this. I, and I get it from my mum. I've always been a real inquirer. Um, I have. I've really been into the inquiry. But having said that, though, it's a really perfect question because I often wonder that myself. Why do we have to experience death in the family to reinvent ourselves? Why do we have to get blown up to reinvent ourselves? Why do we have to experience tragedy to get perspective? Because it's all—it's it's perspective that we get when we lose something that we love or that we want or we, we're at risk. Why do we have to go through that in order to get perspective? Why can't we just get perspective? You know, like Because why- we're not souls that have reached that point and we have lessons that we have to learn and that's why I, I think why? because we're going back to source because but I mean we could do it in this moment tomato. we could <laughs> tomatoes <laughs> but we could do it now I mean we could literally we could all three of us invent us reinvent ourselves right here and right now we could we're capable of that because we've got the capacity and the ability to do that 
So if that was what we chose, we could do that. We don't have to wait till somebody we love dies to get that perspective that there is more to experience than what we're experiencing in this current skin bag. But I feel like, sorry, I feel like when somebody dies or leaves, it instigates um, a want or a thirst for what was that all about? Why did that happen? Like that's that was for me. I, I look at, or I wouldn't have even. My life was going along nice and smoothly. Everything was going well, you know. And then somebody goes and dies on you, and you kind of go, "Well, where have they gone? Mm. Are they Why in the me? ground? <laughs> yeah. Where where are they now? Where you know, like so. Mine was an inquiry as to what was happening. Yeah. Whereas if I hadn't experienced that, I wouldn't have had. That. Why would I have inquired? It would not have been there, but I know some people inquire without that too. So I definitely agree that from the experience, I, did, I mean, and I, and I swear by this wholeheartedly, from the experience comes knowing. Mm. So when you experience something and then you go into the inquiry and you find your own aces, you actually know it then. Yes. You know, you can know something intellectually, but until you experience it, you can't really know it. So that's, you know, I, I, and I really, I, I, I can, I can see that. Mm. I can absolutely see that. But I feel sorry for humanity. Like I feel sad for us <laughs> mm. because we go through so much suffering because we're not in the now mm. and because of the beliefs and the meanings that we've put on things. We, we, we really make ourselves suffer because we say something is bad or it's sad and that's all meanings that have been given to us and handed down that we've just re- replicated throughout the course of our lives. We never – a child that's three years old has got no idea what's sad. And a child that's two years old has got no idea what's good or bad. He's just, he's just being or she's just being in the world. So, you know, when we start to buy into all of those beliefs, we buy into, we buy into suffering that comes along with it. Do you think the fact that you had your mum the way she was and who she was, I mean, that's a gift. Yes, that yes, is, she's But still was here. growing up, I mean, how for you, <laughs> how she was with you as a young child. But, I mean, that was a blessing. That was a gift. Yeah. But some people are going to be listening to this going, I missed out. I didn't have that in my mum. So what I'm hearing in this conversation is rather than thinking you missed out or that it wasn't fair, you had another mother or another parenting or another upbringing that through these conversations and through this experience, I mean, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if Mm. you weren't an inquiring type, that you could actually give that a different perspective. So maybe it's that they may not have been the best mother in your thoughts or your perspective, but because of who they were, you've actually learned how not to be or how to be even greater or how to love in spite of that. And I think sometimes whilst growing up and now nurturing and our upbringing can determine us, it's not who we are. You have a choice at some point in your life to actually decide that it is what it is, Mm. grateful for the gift of the life that you have no matter what, and create a new perspective on how you want to be. And you said at the beginning, we have a choice every moment to create that change. Mm. And I think one of the most incredible things that I've learned through these podcasts, particularly with you girls, is that we actually have that opportunity in every moment. Mm. So you might be on Facebook, for instance. So let's bring it back to not losing someone or perhaps being blown up or whatever that, like those big scale things. Let's look at it on a minute by minute, moment by moment. Go on Facebook. How do you respond when someone says something nasty? What's the feelings that conjures up? You could recreate yourself in the moment and say how you're going to react to that. Mm. You could do it with an email that comes in and someone that you actually find sees something or does something that's completely throwing you or you find yourself shaking or you find yourself in a position of, my gosh, I wasn't expecting that. So in that moment, 
who am I going to be to respond to that? Who am I going to be? Normally, I've ranted and raved and gone firing back and and said, "You're an a hole." Running some of you, so close. Or you could be right here, right now, and go, "Wow!" And I love the line that we've always said in other podcasts. That's interesting. <laughs> so you know, I think, yeah. "Wow." Well, that's interesting. <laughs> I think that's priceless. But I think it takes off the meaning of that person's comment in that moment. And well, because they've us. got their own agenda running as well. Mm. Like everybody's got their own shizzle running in the background that drives their behaviour and drives the way that they are in the world. And then, you know, we can look at that and go, well, that means this to me, but that's not what they intended in the first place. You know, or it could they could have intended something worse. <laughs> and, you know, you didn't pick up on it or whatever. Mm. I think I think everything can be used as an opportunity to reinvent yourself. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Every experience, everything that occurs moment by moment, and, and if we're in the moment with it, if we're in the moment with it, we can then see the opportunity that's presented to us to reinvent ourselves. But most of the time we're not in the moment, are we? What do you think's the ultimate? What's the ultimate place or way of being then if – if we're all striving for, let's let's call the word perfection, even though I know everything can be imperfectly perfect, but if we're striving for enlightenment, perfection, source, whatever it is, then what is the behaviour? What does that look like? What what are we all striving for? If that's the case, if we're constantly looking at reinventing ourselves, for what? To who? Like what is the purpose in this? For us, I think for ourselves is what I, I believe, is that, so that you can live a life of of purpose, a life of happiness. You know, I think we we think that it's all about everybody else, but it's actually about ourselves. It's actually about finding happiness and purpose within ourselves rather than outside ourselves because if we can find it within ourselves, then we become examples of what's possible. So one of the things that, you know, that really struck me, Kim, that you said is, is being of service. But let's start being of service to ourselves first, as what you said. And that's what I just, I got a real aha. Be of service to yourself first. And then you can, you're the only person that you can change. So by being of service to yourself, you start to change. You start to reinvent yourself and, and catch yourself. You know, like you said, you can, you have, you have every day you have a chance to reinvent yourself. You know, it's not about a death or a bombing or a whatever or a marriage breakup or a divorce or a, or any of those. It, it's actually about those very those small things and nurturing yourself, being of service to yourself, challenging yourself. And by doing that, I actually think then you may find that purpose in your life um, of what you want to do and find the reinvention. But what I find really interesting is that it's all very well and good for us and it's easy for us to say. But I see people in a loop. Mm. They, they get in this loop yeah, yeah, yeah. and they, they reinvent themselves for a week and then they go back to their old ways and then they get back into the loop. I, I hear it every day. Um, okay, Cindy, I've done the protocol and I've done this and I've done that and I'm still not well. I go, but well, where are you from where you were? Mm. What are you expecting perfection? I don't think perfection happens. I don't think any of us as you said, imperfectly perfect. I actually think that that's the way we are and the reinvention is being of service to yourself. You know, we asked, we put a survey out to all our customers years ago trying to find out 
what it is that they want. Like, what are they looking for? What would they, you know, as far as our products were concerned, mm. do you know what the number top three things that came back that everyone's looking for? Um, contentedness, or con- mm. to be content, joy, and happiness. Wow. They were the three things. It wasn't about the products could give them that or the retreat would help them with that or the learning would help them with that, but they were the three top things, contentedness, joy, and happiness. happiness. So really, if that's the fundamental um, truth of what we're searching for, then it does come back to self-care. Mm-hmm. No one, I know when I've got a cold, a cold or a flu, it actually annoys my children because all of a sudden their server is no longer <laughs> <laughs> operating at her max. I love it. <laughs> But they have learned, in a way, the way I do with them, that the quicker they get me well, their server is back on top again. <laughs> but and, and men, man flu, the whole thing, when they go down, it's like, you know, all we need. But at the end of the day, unless you're willing to take the broths and do the vitamin C and the inhalations and go for the walks and ground yourself and walk the beach or get on the grass or and educate. No one can, we can all bring you vitamin drinks and broths and all of that, which might help when you are in a real moment of, you know, sometimes we have to surrender to the illness mm. or the challenge or whatever mm. it is and be in that moment too, and that's okay. But I think sometimes the only way we're going to get out of that moment or opportunity to reinvent ourselves is by taking action. And the way to do that, that's why I love my oils. I, I, to me, it's like if I've got an oil and I can snort, I'm doing something. <laughs> I'm doing something for me in that moment that would be greater than doing nothing. Mm. When I do my wads, when I put them up every day, today's wad was 100 press-ups and 100 tricep dips. And all I said was, I don't care how you do it, where you do it, just do it. So for me, it was like... Can we take 12 hours to do it? Yes. Nobody thinks that way. That's what I mean. Yeah. But, but in that... Aren't you better off doing that than nothing? Mm-hmm. Sometimes participating. Mm-hmm. And that's why we follow different people on, on Facebook or, or Twitter or, or Pinterest and things like that. It's to get that inspiration because mm. often we ourselves, if we're struggling in that moment, sometimes you do need guidance or mm. support of another human being or help because when we're cluttered with negative thoughts or, or challenged with an illness, sometimes the clarity is one of the hardest things to actually get through. And that's where I think listening to podcasts like this, following someone or doing a course or reading, reading a book or listening to an audio can just be that aha moment to support you to get to the next moment. Okay, so my question for both of you as we're coming towards the end of the podcast, how would you reinvent yourself, Kim? Well, I'm in the middle. Step-by-step process. I'm in the middle right now of reinventing myself. (laughs) I'm just about to move into brand new premises for 28. I am, what's, without swearing, <laughs> packing it, packing myself. <laughs> and I, if I'm really honest, and I'm sure any business person out there would know, that next step is scary as anything. So part of reinventing myself is trying to remind myself to believe in myself. Mm. So at the moment, I'm really vigilant every day. Nothing's changing with me as far as self-care rituals. Self-care rituals to me are the ultimate. It's the only way I can reinvent myself because if I'm in tip-top shape or the best shape I can possibly be, then I can have a much more clearer outlook, which gives me the better ability to make more positive choices for me. Um, it may not please everybody what I do. It may not be the right thing from other people's perspective. 
But by doing this, and you know, if I'm really honest, I have to sell more 28. And so how do I do that without being a vigilant salesperson? I don't want to sell my soul. I don't want to be out there saying you must have these products. I'm actually selling you what I do on a daily basis. So from my point of view, it's actually living and walking my talk. Sometimes, you know, this morning I picked up like chocolate for women. I opened it up. I tell everybody to do this. Have like chocolate for women in your toilet. Open it on a page and you'll be amazed at the messages that jump out with you. The other day I walked into a florist in the middle of Brisbane City and I just struck up a rapport with a lady that was making the flowers for my daughter. So I was serving my daughter and in that I got served totally by the woman making the flowers with the things and the messages she was saying and she was such an incredibly soulful person. So for me, in all the struggle I was having, I thought, I have to get out. I've got to get out of my hotel room. I've got to go, I know, I'll go and buy flowers for Taylor. So the way I recreated myself in that moment was to get out of the four walls and the constant negative talk in my brain. And I ended up meeting a woman who gave me the greatest messages I could have asked for, a complete stranger. And we connected. So my way of recreating is don't stay still. Mm-hmm. Move whether it's a walk on the beach and you see not I was walking one day I remember my darling Fleur got me up off the floor one day and she said just get out there go to the beach go for a walk and I walked and I looked up at the sky and I said for God's sake how can you be real when I am struggling I've just lost my grandma we've just lost all our money you you a-hole you've got it all wrong and with that I said for God's sake if you're out there give me a sign and that was another thing. I'll ask for signs. And so the next minute, and this is not a lie, I'm walking along screaming. There's no one else on the beach. And I'm crying and I'm screaming and doing everything I could because no one was around me. And the next minute, nine seagulls are in formation right alongside of me. And I just noticed them in this perfect formation flying at waist height next to me. And they got about 10, 15, 20 metres in front of me and they all landed. And I thought, was that a sign? <laughs> Was that a sign? Because was that, you know, all that quote came into my mind, you know, in in the times that you thought I wasn't there, it was me, when you only saw one set of footprints, it was me carrying you. I thought, is that them carrying me? Then as I got close to them, they all flew off, but they flew another 20 metres in front of me and landed again. And they all just were doing that seagull thing, looking at me. (laughs) And then I looked at them and I went, wow. And I just remember looking at them going, was that a sign to say, keep going? Don't give up. You can fly. Don't stop believing, and then they disappeared. And then I looked behind me, and I swear to you, I could not see any of those seagulls. I'm getting goosey thinking mm. about it. But for me, in that moment of the complete struggle, the reinvention was don't stay still. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Karen? What would you do? Um, to reinvent myself. Well, I think the first thing that I would recognize for myself is where I am. Um, because for me, I like to, and this is just my own personal journey, I like to look at where I am and, and where I've been so I can sort of, I can acknowledge the transformation that's already occurred so that then my reinvention comes from a place of gratitude and expansion rather than I want something other than what I've got. So I'm very, very clear on that side of it because I always think to myself if I'm wanting something other than what I've got and I'm human like I'm normal I always want more and I always want bigger and better too you know like I always want those things but I always check in with myself because if I'm wanting all of those things then I'm not grateful for what I've got and 
what I've got, when I actually question it and question my thoughts and question my beliefs, I've, I've, I've got a full life. Mm. I've got an amazing life and I've got everything that I've ever possibly wanted. Um, so, yeah, so I look at where I've been and what I've done to get to where I am so that I go for my expansion or my reinvention from a place of gratitude and from a place of expansion over and above rather than wanting something other. So from there... Um, I am a mental and a spiritual person. So I am somebody who will look at what it's going to take for me from a psychological perspective to expand beyond what I know. Because hmm. I know everything that I know right now has got me to where I am right now. So if I want to be somewhere other or somewhere more, then I have to know other or discover more. And that's what I map out. That's what I work out. What is it that I'm, that I'm wanting expansion in? And for me, it's always expansion from a psychological perspective and it's always expansion from a spiritual perspective. Um, and then I take myself on that journey of, of education and information gathering. But the beautiful thing about what I've just discovered recently is that in the, in the, in, in the, in the consumption of knowledge, I gain heaps to be able to give me freedom to let go of heaps. Hmm. You know, it's really quite, um, it's, it's, it's quite an amazing kind of, it's almost like a circle type thing. Like I gain lots of knowledge and expansion to be able to give me more freedom so that I can let go with more ease. Hmm. You know, Because I think we carry a lot of stuff around with us. We carry a lot of pains and a lot of hurts and a lot of thoughts and a lot of beliefs and none of it serves us. And I think that we... As humans, I think we are always looking outside of ourselves for the purpose and for the fulfillment, and it's not there. You know, we go to the end of our days constantly looking for another job or, you know, more money or bigger house or nicer car or better lawn or – I'm just looking at Kim's lawn out there, really. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a – It's not, it's it's not like, actually quite a lawn. It's not, no, it's it's not just, a lawn. Yeah. But you know, we're always looking for we're always we're always looking for that fulfillment and that purpose outside of ourselves, and it's actually not there, because nothing outside can give us love, nothing outside can give us fulfillment, nothing outside can give us completion. No job, no relationship, no nothing can actually complete us. So we've got our gaze in the wrong direction, and when we learn to turn our gaze back inside, and it comes right back to the very beginning, Cindy, when we learn to turn our gaze back inside, we actually see everything that we've been looking for is in there already. But it's not in the ego sense of who we are. It's in the authentic essence of who we are. That's where we find everything. And that's where we'll find peace, joy, and contentment and happiness. Because we can't find happiness outside. We've all been trying. For God's sake, we've been doing it for long enough. And we, it's not there. It's not in any of the places that we're looking. And joy and contentment, it's not in any of the places that we're looking as humans. Look at the state of society that we're in right now. Look at the condition that the world is in right now. It's a world that's, that's caught in its thoughts and it's a world that's caught in an external belief system about who and what we are as humans. And we're lost. We've been lost for many generations because our gaze is in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. And when we come back to ourselves and we actually witness the essence of who we are and we reside there, all peace, contentment and fulfilment is complete. It's the end of all searching. Mm -hmm. So that's how I reinvent myself. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do? Yeah. Well, you know, I it's so funny that you know 
Karen talks about the mind and you talk about rituals and keeping your rituals going. And of course, because I'm food, that's where I go. I like, Oh, she overeats. No, she no. picks out on two oh. liters of ice cream. Smackers, go smackers. She just thrives. Thrives. She drinks a lot of alcohol. She she writes herself off. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> well, no, actually, I wouldn't. I would never do that because I have too much respect for my body. So I, that's just not something that I would do. But I would find a home base. And to me, the Sunshine Coast, mm. I love it. I absolutely Shh, love everybody. I know. Actually, that's a very good point. Let us not speak of it. I've, I've had three emails from people saying they're coming up. I know. They Two love from it. Melbourne, one from Adelaide. Do not come, people. <laughs> but I would find a home base that, that I felt comfortable in. And, and it doesn't necessarily have to be on the beach or anywhere like that with a view, but somewhere that I knew I could come home to and the food, I would, I would go basic foods. So I would do my protocol probably again because I know when I do my protocol, I feel like I'm one with everything. So I would, I would do a whole, whole, the whole protocol. I would, um, probably, isn't that funny? I'd probably start yoga. It's something that I've been wanting to do that I haven't done. And I would probably do yoga, maybe yoga online because I like to do stuff, you know, where I can look awkward by myself. <laughs> Or fall totally, asleep I during totally a pose. That. <laughs> or fall asleep in a pose. So she I could do anything do I want. She did do that, people. She fell asleep in the middle of a yoga pose. I'm just saying. <laughs> I did, I did. <laughs> I would have my oils running, you know, I would, and I would have beautiful music. And I would create a space that enabled me to feel that peace. Because that, I, that, it's a nurturing. It's a nurturing. I would educate. Definitely, Karen. I would definitely go and I would have every book and every podcast and everything I needed to do to know about, to learn. It would be that, cause that's what I love. That's what, uh, I know how I reinvent myself. I think of, I always think, oh, if I only knew then what I knew now, mm-hmm. you know, so it would be an education. So I would continue my rituals that I've learned from you, Kim. I would, um, do everything that I've learned from you, Karen, as far as, the, the whole mind thing is and realizing that whatever is happening outside is actually happening inside me too. And I have to learn what's happening there and why I'm, it's, you know, getting my goat, I guess. But yeah, create a space that nurtures me and, and I would throw the television out. I would, oh, I wouldn't yeah. have a television at home. Um, because what's happening globally is not actually what's happening locally. Yeah. And we actually do live in a beautiful space locally. And when we, if we, we think about what life was like, a hundred years ago, we didn't know that Syria was happening. And I understand, yeah, absolutely. I understand that that's happening, but let's just, mm. let's not be inc- with what is here. Yeah. Be with what is here. Mm. Every morning I would get up and I'd do my swim. I'd ground myself. I'd have a beautiful breakfast. I would start to educate my mind. I, I don't know. I, 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 I feel that that's what I would do if I had to reinvent myself. And Darling, you're doing this every day. I know. But, I, but it it's is, I am reinventing myself, and we all do mm, this. Yeah. I, I, I listen to you, Karen, I'm thinking, you do that anyway. <laughs> I listen to you, Karen, she does it anyway. <laughs> and so this is how I would do it. Um, so is that yeah. the key then? Is that the key is to be reinventing oneself constantly? Mm-hmm. Because is that not expansion and growth? Mm-hmm. Like, is, isn't that what we're all about anyway? Because when we nurture and service our own bodies, we're nurturing and serving us, uh, servicing our brain by educating it because we're able to educate it. Because when you're not well, you can't read. You can't take in information. Like, I take my daughter, Casey. She has had absolute demotivation in school. 
She's doing a five-year science course. She cannot be demotivated. And she said, Mum, and she doesn't need to lose weight, but she said, Mum, if I do the protocol, do you think that will motivate me? I said, well, darling, it does me. It, it just clears my brain because I'm eating cleanly. Everything is happening. So she decided to do it. And I spoke to her last night and I said, so are you motivated? You know, you've been on it 10 days now. Are you motivated? She says, I just can hardly wait to get to school now. I, I am. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, she's motivated again because when you clean out the shit and the rubble and the mm. crap, and not that she eats bad. Oh, did I swear? She said the SH word. Yes. yes. So well, when she, you, she, she said we'll have to word. put explicit on this then. But when, <laughs> you know, when you get rid of all of the surplus and the, all of that stuff and focus, I think it's easy to reinvent yourself. It's just that people just continue with, what, what do they call the grandstand? Mm. Isn't that just, about the letting go? Yeah. Surrender. Like surrendering. Finding freedom by letting stuff letting go. Letting stuff go, mm. yeah. And that's physically. Yeah, physically for me. Yeah. I just loved how the <laughs> – so that's how I that's beautiful. reinvent. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it would be a real type of nurturing for myself and – and, and nurturing my family as well. I think it's important to nurture mm. each one that is around us. Do you think then the original question was a woman saying, I'm 53, I'm single, can you tell me what I can do to live a fulfilled life? It actually doesn't matter whether you're in a relationship or not. It mm. still comes back to we're all single really. Mm. We just happen to be in different dynamic relationships that create the foundation of who we are in those relationships. But really at the end of the day... It's still your journey. Absolutely. Mm. I think it is. I think it's a very solitary path that we walk. I think the fact that we've got other people walking walking next to us is awesome mm. and great fun, but still you're the only one who can take the ride. Wow. Well, look at where we're at. We're mm. up to time. In fact, we're a little over time. <laughs> As we always are. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to bring these podcasts to an hour and a half just for fun. <laughs> All the guys out there are going, oh, oh my God, God. Don't, please don't, don't, don't. And I'll be saying, and the girls will be going, yeah, yeah, I could do that. We could do that. We just have so much to say. Well, we actually talked an hour before we even started this. Day. I know. Was it an hour or two hours? Oh, I think it might have even been two. I'm yeah, you sure. got here early. Mm. I did, I did. Yeah. You're right, I you're right. Yes, I am yeah. on to you. Yeah. So on that note, hopefully you've enjoyed this week's podcast. I think we've loved it. Mm. It's been a real eye-opener and it's been quite it's been quite um quite monumental, I think. Quite fabulous. So go to our Facebook page and post your comments on today's today's podcast. Let us know how you reinvent yourself and what that means to you. And you'll find us at all the w's.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat. And you can also post your comments on the wellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat. And join us here next week and become part of the ripple effect. Okay, Kim's <laughs> mouthing something at you. Yeah. Okay, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. All right. Sorry, everybody. I didn't mention you get a chance to actually get Kim, Cindy, and myself together, the three of us, for three intensive days. And I forgot to mention it. So thanks for <laughs> reminding me, Kimmy, right in the middle of my sentence. <laughs> and when is it, Miss Karen? It is in November. So if you go to our website, which is awakenthechangewithin.com, you can find all the information about Awaken the Change Within. It's going to be a three-day intensive program. It's on here in Malulaba. On the Sunshine Coast. Mm -hmm. On the Sunshine Coast. <laughs> yeah, well, now see, I don't know. <laughs> People getting a taste of the flavour of fabulousness. 
It's a tea. It's a tea. <laughs> so come on up, bring your family, bring everybody that you love, make a, make a week of it or make an event out of it, but come on up and share Awaken the Change Within with Kim, Cindy, and myself, where you're going to get some real up-close and personal intensive attention. Now, our VIP tickets are all sold out. We sold our last VIP ticket last night. So um, standard tickets are available, but still, it doesn't matter. You're still going to get all of our attention. So come on up. We'd love to hang out with you for three full days. AwakenTheChangeWithin.com. So join us here next week on Up for a Chat and become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. And we will see you on the ride. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.